Hi guys, and welcome to the second official Popheads podcast. Yeah. Um, this is the third one that we've recorded, but <laughs> <laughs> the second one is lost to time, so here we are. Um, apologies for the delay. You can blame one of your fellow mods for that. Insert Megan emoji <laughs> here. Um, I'm uh, Rihanna, aka 4th of July, as you know me on this lovely subreddit. Uh, hi, I'm David, aka Commas. There is no Santa Claus or Punk. The new guy. Okay, uh, I'm Doc, or you may know me as Doctor Who and How Why. Doctor Who and How Why. Ooh, I butchered my name, my username, but whatever. Hi, I'm. There is no Santa Claus or Punk. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So this is a um a mod only podcast, just the four of us. Um Oh, this Nazi mods. Yeah, I know. We're just taking everything over. Cap and Tuck both couldn't make it this time, as couldn't Edric. So here we are. Woo! Um This this is my first podcast. Yay. Yeah. And my first. So it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. Alright. Um <laughs> Uh, first topic, Katy Perry, which is fitting considering as we're recording all of this promo for Bon Appetit is going around. So, um, Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on KP4 so far, which is only chained to the rhythm? Oh, that cover is terrible. (laughs) For Bon Appetit? (laughs) Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's, oh god, it's terrible. (laughs) Why, Katy? Uh, Her her head, um, it's so photoshopped on. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, so y- y'all know what a Katie Stan I am, but um, I the cover art is just tragic. But I'm Katie's. very hyped for the song. I love Katie. I love Migos. I am pretty excited. Oh, it's with Migos. Yeah, it is apparently, which is weird. That's wild. Yeah, that's odd. But I mean, it, in that case, it'll probably guarantee her like a top 20 top 15 hit considering how big migos are right now mm-hmm. as someone who's not very familiar with their music and i just only heard a couple of i mean it was pretty big when they made some comment about gay people or whatnot um unlike a couple of other people um i'm i uh i'm not that pissed a little i'm not that pissed as much i do understand why they would be like oh no katie why are you collabing with them but um i i tend to separate the art from the artist so it's not much of an issue for me and honestly i don't care that much i just hope the song is good that's what i'm i'm hoping for and but the cover art is so tragic oh my god i just hope the song is good so i can buy it on itunes yeah Chains to the Rhythm was a very promising first single and probably my favorite Katy Perry lead single, like, ever. So I have pretty high hopes for this album, and considering it's the only song that we've heard so far, I hope it lives up to expectations. Yeah, Katy is really taking her time in this era, and I think that really pissed off a lot of her fans. And and speaking Mm -hmm. as another Katy fan, it's not just commas, yo. Um, It's... uh, (laughs) I'm not that particularly bothered by how... Long she, uh, how long is she take? She's taking with this new era of hers. I think that's probably because I had other things to be hyped up for, and both pop related and non pop related. I think you guys know me that I'm excited mm-hmm. for this one particular indie movie. Not gonna get into it, but um, yeah, um, but yeah, I'm just not that bothered by um, I don't know. 
really. But um, I'm de- I'm just glad Katie is definitely um releasing a second second se- single finally. Um, so yeah, I really hope Bon Appetit is good. That's all I'm hoping. What about you, Punk? I'm gonna be honest. Chain to the Rhythm might be my favorite Katy Perry song. Period. I'm not a Katy Perry fan at all. I don't. <laughs> wow. I, I didn't do the Teenage Dream rate, but my score for it was like four. <laughs> I don't really like much of her songs. I like the one that got away. Mm. That's a bop. That's a great song. But I really like Chain to the Rhythm, which makes it funny because like nobody else seems to like it, and I guess that makes me kind of hyped for the album. <laughs> no, I get that. It's like it feels sort of like not necessarily a niche album because that album is being like not that album that song is being done by like a bunch of artists with like reinventing their sound kind of and then putting out this weird like 70s 80s influenced like song like charlie puth just did it with attention and i really like that song despite hating charlie puth yeah the weekend yeah Mm -hmm. everybody is changing their sound like that throwback ballads aren't really bruno's changing He's been doing that for like five years, but still. no, but like twenty four, but like twenty four karat magic. It's like piggybacking off of Uptown Funk, but like at the same time, it's kind of like taking these seventies soul things and like that's totally different from what he was doing on on Unorthodox Jukebox. I can't talk today. I'm sorry. I'll edit this. <laughs> Unorthodox Jukebox was kind of like yeah, it was kind of like a mix of sounds. Yeah. It was like so much different stuff mm-hmm. on there. Mm-hmm. Like uh, let me try and. Yeah, When I Was Your Man is like a cheesy ballad. Yeah, Treasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Treasure is probably the precursor to like Bruno's new stuff. But also a great song. It's also an amazing song. Probably my favorite Bruno song. But anyway, um, yeah, on the topic of new releases coming out, um, Lord is coming eventually. Oh, yeah. Uh, June 20, no, June something or other. I believe. 19th, I want to say. Yes. 16th. I just pulled it up. So okay, nice. um, Melodrama is supposed to come out uh, June 16th. We have heard Green Light and Liability thus far. And she's also premiered new songs at Coachella. So um, personally, I am so excited for the direction that she's taking with this. Yeah. Um, I think she's definitely furthering her too. sound. Yeah. And also, this may be like an unpopular opinion, but I stand Jack Antonoff. So I'm <laughs> pretty hyped for what... Um, what's going to happen with her music. Uh, anybody else? I don't think Jack Antonoff is that bad um, for me. I do I do think... He's not. He's not. But I Don't Want to Live Forever, which he produced, is definitely tragic. But I really like um, Greenlight very much. I think that's mm-hmm. like one of my like Lord, favorite Lord songs so far. I don't know. Um, thing is, I like Pure Heroine. Uh, as you can see, I mean, I did host a raid that involves uh, her album. But I just... I I have always preferred the sound of the Love Club more than the than Pure Heroine. So um, when I heard Greenlight, I'm like, oh, this is definitely the Lord that I actually want. Something poppy, but yet what makes Lord unique to me. So I'm definitely very interested. I'm definitely hyped for her album Melodrama, especially after her Coachella performance. Um, I've had a bit of a love-hate relationship with Greenlight. At first, I loved it. I couldn't stop playing it. I played it like 25 times the day it came out. (laughs) And then um, just eventually I got a little tired of it. And basically, the one part of the song I don't like that much is uh, just the beat in the pre-chorus. I have thought the piano was like a little out of place. I know, right? Yo. No. (laughs) But... 
Um, mm. I've just started playing it again, partially because of how perfectly that song was used in the New Girl season finale, which I stand unabashedly. <laughs> and um, so I'm, I'm kind of hype again. And then Liability is also great. I mean, it's, it's nothing too crazy, the emotional ballad style, but yeah. it sounds great just because mm-hmm. of her voice, which I love. And then when mm-hmm. I saw her Coachella performance, I was just so excited to hear Sober and Homemade Dynamite in CD quality Ooh, because true. they sounded amazing. Yeah. Homemade Dynamite is single-handedly what's making me so excited for this album. That song was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I really loved her Coachella performance so mm-hmm. much. Like, And um, she, did the perf- she did this performance uh, for Rebs, yeah. And um, she performed it under the context of melodrama. And um, I think that that's when the song began, began uh, growing on me a lot. Is um, the, the song is about growing up, which a lot of us uh, are scared about. And um, she performed it in that context of uh, melodrama. And I don't know. Um, I remember yesterday I was adding the new players and all. And um, I, was ha- I happened to listen to hearing uh, Ribs. And... Um, mm-hmm. I was not gonna lie. I almost wanted to cry. I don't know why, but I feel like fuck. Growing up is scary. So, and I was in the <laughs> middle of acting flares, and yeah, that's 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 how I feel. I don't like green light <laughs> <laughs> at all. Oh, like, I'm the resident green light hater. Oh my god. And I didn't really like liability that much either. And I don't like Jack Antonoff, so basically I'm the reverse of everything. I haven't really listened to Bleachers much, so I don't can't really judge mm. that half of Jack Antonoff's work, but I really don't like Greenlight. Yeah, my fandom of Jack Antonoff comes from Bleachers more than anything, because I listen to Bleachers, and that album is amazing, Strange Desire. Please listen to it if you have the time. But... I listened to it, and then I started getting into his production, which is probably why I can appreciate it more. But, like, I don't understand how somebody can hate Jack Antonoff. Like, that's that perplexes me. Okay. That's the one Taylor Swift song I actually enjoy. It deserved more. I hate that song. I gave it, like, like a nine in the rate, too. Like, I mean, to be honest. I love it. The production on Out of the Woods isn't the part that's terrible. Mm-hmm. I don't really like it. It's like kind of just there. The lyrics kind of show on that song. But yeah. Greenlight, oh my god. I've, I feel like I've said so much on this. I feel like it's the first Lord song that I could have seen anybody performing. And oh, Liability, really? I feel the same about it. Mm-hmm. Oh. I, uh, Interesting. I just don't like it. I don't see any artist do, uh, uh, singing a song that is like Greenlight. I think that's... Um, because Lords know how knows how to make her songs unique that I just don't see anyone else doing it. I didn't really see anything unique about Greenlight to me. I'm just being honest. I mean, I personally don't think it's like it's really nothing unique. It's just right. good in my opinion. It's it's nothing special, but it's just a good song. There's not I'm not saying stuff has to be unique to be good. Yeah, I, I just know. didn't really find mm-hmm. anything about Greenlight that I liked much. Especially, and this isn't saying that, like, I don't like Lord in general. I love Pure Arrow, and it's a great album. I love pretty much every song on that album. I just don't didn't really see what I got from Pure Arrow in, in melodrama. And this isn't 
nothing about this is like just like oh this isn't what i wanted to hear this is fine i hate this because that's actually doomed me in the past like that's how i went with tip him a butterfly when it first came out but this Mm -hmm. feels different this just just doesn't feel like the lord i wanted to hear which might sound selfish but see i I feel like part of it comes from the fact that Lord was the first, not necessarily the first on radio, but like the first to get big doing her sound. And like looking at it today, the charts are very oversaturated with like pop teen girls that are all doing the, oh, I don't belong here. I'm different sort of thing. Yeah. Where it seems oversaturated. Yeah, like Halsey, Daya, Daya, whatever, Alessia, all of those people are doing the same thing. Yep. All (laughs) like they're all doing the same sound that. Lord did with the Royals when she hit up the charts and then with team and then with tennis court, like they're all taking that sound and they're all like making it to the point where it's not new anymore. Like it's just the trend where Lord started that trend. And now looking at it in comparison, it seems whatever Lord's doing is like seems generic and basic because everyone else is doing it. Right. I see that viewpoint. Like That's kind of what I thought. I would like to think that Lord is a trendsetter, mm-hmm. just like in other terms, if you know what I mean. Yeah. That she started this thing. So it's a good thing to think about, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, it's the same thing with, like, with like songs like, I don't know if it was necessarily the first to hit radio, but it was the first song that I noticed like that. Like, Cheap Thrills. That is, like, a that was a wildly popular Tropical House song. And then after that, I was like, oh, this is really good. You know what I mean? Like, this is weird. This is summery. This is different. And now we look at it today, like a year later, and the charts are so oversaturated with trop pop and stuff like that, where it's like, it's Mm -hmm. exhausting. And I listen to Cheap Thrills now. And in comparison, I'm like, oh, my God, another tropical pop song. Like, it's the thing where it gets oversaturated because it gets like the sound gets so big it seems like basic when you look at it in a grand scale. Mm, I see it. Mm-hmm. I just feel like Lord could have gone in a more interesting direction than she's gone as a response. Like obviously, if she if she just made another pure heroine, it would have been like, well, we already got this, and a million people have been trying to remake this sound. Mm-hmm. But I feel like her response to it wasn't exactly the best it could have been. Yeah, well, in terms of her going in. A more interesting direction that's unique from both Pure Heroine and what's happening now on the charts. I think I'm pretty sure it was Sober, not Homemade Dynamite, but her Sober performance at Coachella, it sounded so cool. It had a mix of like trap drums and also strings and it just sounded beautiful and I can't wait to hear that. Yo, that... That was that one? I thought, I didn't know what song that was. That, that did was that. Sober, right? I think it was Sober. Oh my god, that, I just remembered that. I was shook. Yeah, same. I was fully shook. Like, I texted half my friends when I heard that. I was like, oh my god, are you watching Lord's Coachella performance right now? Because that just happened. She just did that. Okay, so, yeah, wait, wait, moving wait. on. I still have one thing to talk about, Lord, and I kind of need to know your thoughts on this. Yeah. So, um, Melodrama is actually going to be a concept album set in a single party. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. I was going to mention that. For me, that sounds very interesting. I can't wait to hear her take on this whole thing. Just, I feel like she's someone who could 
handle an album like this very well mm-hmm. yeah and have a concise cohesive narrative and just be really good yeah i, feel I think lord knows how to handle a cohesive sound with her album so i'm very interested how melodrama works especially in the context that uh i mean in the setting where it's set in a single house party mm-hmm. like i feel like i feel like um because considering how her fame is growing and all i feel like she wanted she felt like oh maybe i should do do write an album that is set within um a house party or whatever so i think it's an interesting idea i just hoping she actually can pull it off i haven't really heard that in much in the two songs she's released but maybe it's gonna come across more yeah gotta hear the whole album yeah so speaking of great coachella performances um there has been a bunch of loose singles that have released since our last podcast but more particularly in the past couple months few weeks um one of these stemming from gaga's first coachella performance uh the cure um yeah yeah, uh, what are your thoughts on this song? Because I have some strong opinions. Ooh. Okay, I have an opinion. Um, okay, as a huge Gaga stan, as you haven't noticed already, um, uh, I'm a little bit shocked at um, how Gaga decided to do a type of song that everyone else has been doing. Yes. I think that also brings up that, that conversation we just talked yeah. about, Trump Pop and mm-hmm. all. But honestly, I do. I used to think this song was Trump Pop, but after listening, giving this a couple more listens, it's definitely not a... Maybe a bit, but definitely not a full-on Trump Pop song. Um, I'm just a little bit shocked because um, I do feel like Gaga can do this better. And, um, and mm-hmm. because it's really shocking because Gaga is like a trailblazer. And everything from her sound, from her looks since her debut. So it just comes up as shocking for me. And I would have to say this song is generic. Oh, however, definitely. however, just just because the song is generic doesn't mean it's bad. It's The production is good. Gaga's vocals are amazing. And it's definitely a good song still. It's just, it's just so, maybe it's just me being nitpicky. If you compare uh, The Cure to, uh, to, to Guy or G-U-Y, or any literally any other song from uh, art pop, it 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 just feels there. You know, it's not def- it's definitely not Gaga's best songs. See, I disagree with the art pop statement. Okay. Okay, my opinions on this song are very very clear. I am thoroughly disappointed. Like mm-hmm. this song breaks my heart. I listened to it twice, and then I was like, I can't listen to this anymore because it bothers me yeah. so much. I don't know how. I was a big fan of Joanne. I'm still a big fan of Joanne. I think yeah, like same. some of her yeah. nuts, like a couple of her best songs are on Joanne, like Angel Down and uh, Grigio Girls and stuff. But this is not the time to talk about Joanne. The time <laughs> to yeah. talk about The Cure. And I think that coming off of Joanne, I was really appreciating the maturity of her sound yeah. and how it has developed from art pop to Joanne to whatever was coming next. And I saw some of that, like, segue from the maximalist experimental things that she was doing in art pop to the minimalist sort of thing that she was going for in Joanne. Mm -hmm. And I was totally confused as to what Gaga was doing next because she's always reinvented herself and the genre and whatever she's doing. Yeah. And then she released this. And as soon as I heard those tropical house sort of marimba weird vibe things in the beginning, I was 
like shook and not in a good way. <laughs> like I heard those on the performance and I really like audibly groaned yeah. because I do not like tropical pop. I don't like tropical house, all of that stuff. I do not enjoy a lot or at all. Mm-hmm. So I heard those and it made me sad that Gaga would go down to such a generic, yeah. basic thing. Like it feels like she sold out. Yeah. And I know it's just one song, but like even looking at this, like going all the way back to like the fame and stuff, like she innovated pop with the fame and that's not like a stand Twitter kind of like esque statement. Like she changed pop music with that album yeah, and then continued to do it with the fame monster and then born this way and kind of sat the, like the sounds on born this way took what she was going to do on art pop and Joanne. And like, those were the early stages of it. The cure piggybacks on like, seven different artists and seven different songs and none of them wholly original in themselves yeah and then taking all those different sounds and stuff and putting them together it doesn't sound right yeah it sounds like anything else on the charts and that like bothers me a lot because i know gaga is capable of doing better like she's like she's better than just to put out a regular tropical house song and i don't know what's coming i don't know if this is a preview for her ep supposedly that's coming up or a preview for a next album but they're like if this is the lead single whatever segueing away from joanne i'm like disappointed because i know she could have one done so much more with joanne yeah and two could have developed a better sound yeah honestly i would like to hear more tracks from like joanne if i have to be honest i know it's mm-hmm. kind of a divisive album i mean we have seen how the songs performed in um let's all poos Ray, but i really want to hear more sounds like jo- like more songs like we heard from joanne mm-hmm. yeah i agree with a lot of the criticisms here i listened to the cure for in full for the first time today and i really just thought like a lot of this it's generic it's formulaic it seems like it feels like after a lot of the Joanne singles underperformed and the album didn't sell as much as her, her previous work, it feels like they're trying, they're like backpedaling, honestly. It feels like they're yeah. trying to just like mm-hmm. get her back in the public mind, especially with the Coachella performance, and they're dropping this generic song that will might not even do well on the charts. Like It feels like this song isn't really that much of a, like an event. No. It feels like it's already yeah. kind of like disappeared. It already feels like, I think that comes from like the sound kind of being on its way out already. That piggybacking on it this late really isn't going to do much for her. It feels forgettable. It's it, it's a very forgettable song. Like yeah. one thing that Ga- that Lady Gaga out of any artist shouldn't be is forgettable. Yeah. And I didn't mm-hmm. think Joanne was that good of an album. I thought there was a few good songs, but like I can probably like think of most songs in Joanne and I can probably know what the... I can look at a track list and I can say, well, I know what that song sounds like. I listened to The Cure like an hour ago and I don't know, honestly know <laughs> at all what it sounds like. If I, you asked me to like, even just singing a line from it, I don't think it's a very good song. Mm. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's a bad song really. Like it's not the worst thing you'd hear on the radio, but I, it just feels weird that Lady Gaga of all people would be the one to copy this trend at like the end of this trend being relevant so Mm -hmm. i think the song is like a six or seven out of it out of ten but i'm still fairly excited to see if she does something actually new or different next song Mm -hmm. like i don't know where she's gonna go because 
if she's backpedaling and it feels like she's just trying to get on the radio again with this single. Yeah. And if she's going to keep doing that, I don't know what's going to develop. Like, I don't know what's going to develop out of her sound. So on hopefully a more positive note, I've heard this single get pretty much like virtual praise. Um, Lana's collaboration with The Weeknd on the new single Lust for Life. Uh, The title track from her album coming out, I believe, on... When is her album coming out? Uh, it's not officially confirmed, but it's uh, it's likely to uh, be released on May 25, according to some source. But it's not okay. officially confirmed by Lana, but it could be. Right. But who knows? Okay. But um, yeah, Lust for Life. I am very excited for this album. Um, but the song is actually like, it grows on me. Like the first time I listened to it, I was like, oh, this is plain. Because my favorite Lana songs are like Diet Mountain Dew and like Off to the Races, the stuff where it sounds like different and weird. But like the more I listen to this, the more I fall in love with it and everything. It's such a good song and it's the weekend adds a lot to it, which yeah, I appreciate. Totally. I totally agree. I really like Lust for Life and uh Love. And I'm excited for this era of wow, we have mm-hmm. a strange new happy Lana. And um, Happy Lana is giving me life. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I really do like Lust for Life. And I think that Lust for Life is the like the, the second best collab between Abel and Lana after Par- no after Stargirl, which I really loved. Oh, I love Stargirl and, um, so much. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh man. Lana Slaby. Oh. Yeah. So... Anyway, Lana and the Weekend, OTP. <laughs> they should collab more or probably get married. Sorry, Selena. <laughs> but goddamn, Lana and Abel, they have chemistry together. Yeah, definitely. There's no denying that. Yeah. What about you, Punk? I'm going to be the asshole hater again. God damn it. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. See, that's why we need Such a devil's advocate on this podcast. <laughs> damn it. Well, the thing is, like, I don't really like Lust for Life. As would oh. probably be made obvious by what I'm saying. But, mm. like, I feel like I don't, like, have enough of, like, an opinion on it. Like, I listen to it just, like, along with The Cure and preparing for this, like, it's just, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I didn't like Love much either. I felt, I thought it, I was kind of bored with both of these singles. And I'm not, like, a Lana hater either. I didn't really like either of their previous mm. collaborations that much. I thought they were both kind of meh. But like, but like, Lana has made music that I really do enjoy, like National Anthem and National Anthem. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, this this single it, it didn't do much for me, I, and I really really like the weekend mm. too. Maybe it'll grow on you. I don't know. It grew on me like a lot. The first time I listened to Love too, I was like, this is so plain. I don't know what, like, I don't know what it is, and um. I think it just grew on me to like, I'm really excited for this era. It seems very grand and it reminds me of like, like movie soundtracks from like the 1950s, which I know is her whole aesthetic, but like soundtracks and stuff. 1950s daddies. That's her aesthetic. (laughs) Yeah. So I know this will be short and sweet because I know for a fact, two of the people on this podcast have not listened to this song. Guilty. But, um, yeah. Paramore's new single, uh, hard times. I am really impressed with this, um, but you all know I stand Paramore from the e- emo rate, so this is like 
this is a welcome change of pace. I'm really happy for this. This is like full blown pop, and it's like mm-hmm. weird pop too. Like I'd see this on like somebody made the connection that it sounded like a Talking Heads song. Like this is gonna be their Remain in Light era, and I mm. accept that wholeheartedly. Like this sounds experimentatious. That's not a word, but I'm gonna keep it anyway. Um, <laughs> and it's just genuinely like new and interesting um since the other two didn't listen to it what do you think doc oh well um it's when i first listened to it i was like mm, okay i think it's how you felt about lust for life it's definitely a grower um no pun intended because mm-hmm. you know the song is titled hard times hey um hey, <laughs> PG. Uh-huh, pg-13 um but i really <laughs> liked it it really I, I, I gave it a lot of listens and now i can't stop playing it and i love the near the end of the song it did this i'm not sure if the, it's the right instrument this since oh yeah no definitely it i know felt exactly so what you're good, talking like, about it made me go dancing crazy dance <laughs> crazy and all that miranda's impact um but um yeah i really love this song and um i'm really curious what their new album sounds like after this yeah. because um i'd like to bring this out because um this type of sound that Paramore is doing right now is so dramatically different from the songs they made a decade ago. And since you're a Paramore stan, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Because I feel like this is the type of sound that would alienate a lot of hardcore stans. So I'm curious how you how you feel as a huge Paramore fan. Um. Well, what I think is that over time their sound progressed along with the band so that it was very very Mm -hmm. casual and now that they're making like full-blown pop stuff there's still pop punk influence in it but it's not as big and you could see that segue through all of their albums like riot was a pop punk album through and through but it was kind of poppy in the riffs and stuff Mm -hmm. and i think that was the beginning of like their segue like their last album the self-titled album it had like hit pop singles that like reached really high on the charts like ain't fun and still into you like those are both genuinely pop songs yeah and then like also going off of like the only exception like that song is played everywhere there i don't know anybody that doesn't know the only exception because of how big of an impact it made on pop radio yeah so you come segueing through all of these different sounds and i think it's only natural that they ended up where they are now because they're taking their like punkish influences but as punk progressed into new wave in like the 80s mm-hmm. that's what they're doing now they take the pop punk and they progress it into something new and different and i think right. they're definitely going to take these new wave sounds and kind of push them further we're a huge sucker for those type of sounds so yeah i think the album is definitely going to be good um cool so segueing into one of our main topics which um <laughs> a lot of time has passed already but that's okay uh album of the year so far we have reached um the end of quarter one of the year so far and there's been a number of like prolific releases that have come out both on the indie spectrum pop spectrum hip-hop spectrum Mm -hmm. and there's been a bunch of releases that have got really good releases I mean, really good ratings upon first release, but also really bad ratings, like the Chainsmokers. Memories do not open. Yep. Oh. <laughs> like what? Um, what? <laughs> Chainsmokers. And, um, Don't say to run Doc. He liked that album. <laughs> so, yeah, as we come to this like point in the year, 
I think it's good to talk about what releases we thought were especially good and album of the year so far material. So yeah, um, commas, what do you think? All right. Well, my main album of the year is Damn. It has grown on me so hard since the beginning. I'm not going to talk about it that much because, you know, it's hip hop. Mm-hmm. But um, I just wanted to say how much I love the uh, Kendrick and Rihanna collab on Loyalty. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. Loyalty, loyalty, loyalty. I like that song. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, th- three of those uh, songs, DNA, Element, and Humble, have made my top five songs of the year so far. But um, on to pure pop my, my favorite project is charlie xcx's number one angel yes i love her yeah. i love the pc music influence i think it's really cool um that's the best pure pop project in my opinion and then i also liked uh, other pop uh zara larson's album oh i still Ooh, haven't listened to that um Me was it good yikes you're behind yeah uh, i know yeah, i'm behind good uh it's not a very special album. It's a good debut for her. There are a couple of problems there and there, and I wish it was a better album, but this is just her international debut album, so I would rather not be harsh on it because Zara Larson, um, she's still she's she's getting there as long as she's not messy on Twitter. But um, yeah, she I can see I can see potential in her. I'm not gonna say much more than Kamas did about my album of the year because it's also damn. <laughs> and damn, I thought honestly wasn't amazing when I first. But like Kamas said, it's grown on me. Oh, man. And now it's my album of the year. <laughs> I think I'm the only person like ever, not ever, but like I'm the only person on Reddit and on Twitter that still is like iffy on damn. Like it's grown on me, but not infinitely much. I still would probably put it as my third favorite Kendrick Lamar album, which shows how great his library is. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah definitely. Same. As far as stuff that's more like, more like pop charts type stuff. Mm-hmm. I like them too, Honestly, but I'm just really irked by critics saying, oh my gosh, this is better than To Pimp a Butterfly. I'm just like, really? I think it's, it's close. close. I don't think there's that much of a difference in really? quality to me between it's a, the two. I think they're around the really same level. Really interesting. Mm-hmm. But I think Good Kid, Mad City is better than either hmm. one. Right. That's a hot take. I haven't take. heard that album. Honestly, the, the... Actually, that's not really a hot take. Yeah, but... that's not a hot take at all. Yeah, I don't know Kendrick's what I was saying. Albums each have like a ton of fans, except maybe Section 80. I don't think that many people would put it as his best. Um, any pop releases? Um, Chainsmokers. It's kind of like... I don't know, but <laughs> like... Yeah, that's my favorite. <laughs> I fucking love the Chainsmokers. But seriously, like... <laughs> Honestly, I think the most directly pop-related release that I'd praise, uh, and I know this isn't going to be a popular opinion, I know a lot of people haven't liked oh, no. like ambivalence towards this project still, but I, really, but I really, really like More Life, and I think it's a really good project. Oh, dude. <laughs> and it has a lot of great songs on it. More life is all right. Nice podcast, everybody. Bye. Bye. See you next month. Bye bye. More life is really good. I don't know. Huh. More life is probably one of my least favorite projects this year. And even though like oh, I've grown on certain songs, no, 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 no. I've grown on some songs, but like overall, it's just really generic, and I can't listen to it without putting me to sleep. Like my favorite songs are the ones that different people did that Drake isn't even on. 
Like, Skepta Interludes, my favorite song on More Life. And you know who's not on that song? Drake. So, like, I think it just puts me to sleep or whatever. I don't even know. The only songs I still revisit from there are Skepta Interlude, 4422, Free Smoke, which is a good song despite the Drake presence, and KMT because Giggs's verse is, like, my favorite on that album. Honestly, I, like... Even as somebody who still think, who thinks more life's a, at the very least like a very solid project, I will agree that holy shit, this needed to have like ten less songs on it. Yeah, totally. Mm. Most maybe of ten. The second uh, half, maybe a little except for glow could yeah. be gone. What's up with Drake and his long yeah, albums? I'd, I'd honestly cut it down. This, I get it that it's a playlist, mm. but I feel like this also could have been a really good album. Honestly, a better album than Views, and I think even with the too many tracks i think it's a better project to altogether than views oh wow but hot take uh, yeah and honestly i think there's a lot of like but i still think there's so much potential in this track list like passion fruit i love same madiba ribbon blem guilechester portland glow like holy shit like i like love half the album at the very least and i Mm. get and I, i like that drake did so much like to like widen his sound like he's always like been a guy who's like worked in different lanes and i like that he went with like all different like views i really liked the dance hall stuff i know that i get it i get it's like so hard that there's a lot of cultural appropriation talk about it but i like Mm -hmm. honestly like i've had a hard time like caring too much just because i really like most of the drake's tropical (laughs) dance hall type stuff and that continues on this i really like all of the dance hall stuff on more life and I really like that he like went into house and pop and like along with keeping his old sounds. Hmm. Just a really good project. And yeah, honestly, that's probably like my favorite. Like, I don't know if it's like straight like a pop release, but I think it has enough of like a varied sound where and so much chart success that I'd honestly put it as on my best pop release. No, Drake's definitely a pop artist. Like. I think it's safe to say that with this much chart success and, like, the sounds that he's pursuing with this dance hall type stuff and, like, looking at, like, passion fruit and stuff, I think it's safe to say that Drake is a full-blown pop artist at this point in time. Yeah. I think he's, like, trying to, like, like be on a kind of a line. Like, views, like, he started with two, with a pop, with a hip-hop single and a pop single. Yeah. And he's doing that with this, too. Like, he had fake love and, and passion fruit, but he also free smoke is apparently a single. Really? I'm on Wikipedia, and it has it as a single. I thought Free Smoke was a good song. Free Smoke's huh. a dope song. Yeah, no, it's a good song. It's definitely warmed up to me. That's one of the ones that like I keep putting on replay. Yeah, I prefer Passion Fruit. But, I mean, I think that like there's certain songs on there that like they just seem generic. Like It seems like it's five of the same song, and I know Views had this issue, too. And maybe that like comes with length, but like... If I didn't hear Passion Fruit on the radio 24-7, I wouldn't have told, like, I wouldn't have been able to tell it apart from Blem and Madiba Rhythm or whatever. Like, a lot of them do sound the same, and I don't particularly like Passion Fruit, but, like, looking at the other songs on the album, all the other dancehall stuff, it sounds generic. Damn. Killing me. Yeah. All right, who's next? <laughs> um, me. <laughs> Duck favorite album of the year i think i'll repeat what uh Thomas said in his uh uh i'll repeat what Thomas answered and i'll say uh 
number one angel by charlie xcx i mean it's technically not an album but it does feel like an album for me so i'll just consider it uh and um i really love the pc music production here it's Mm -hmm. definitely really good thing is i may as well say uh i did say that it does sound like pc music but it sort of is not and i think it's I think it's a good thing for me that I would not consider this as a PC music project for me, but it but it's still a good album if that makes any sense. It sounds like like watered down PC music, and I don't oh, yeah. mean that as a bad thing. Like I love PC music, and I love this album. This is probably my like pop album of the year so far. Yeah, I so- just I keep going back to it. I love it, mm-hmm. but I think it's watered down PC music, and I don't mean that as a bad thing it's yeah. good it makes it more accessible and like i've yeah. actually recommended this yeah. mixtape to people and been like listen to these sounds this is what's going to be new in pop music yeah because it takes yeah. the core like electronic sort of weird pc music thing going on and then takes it and makes it accessible for a wider audience and you see that on songs like yeah like drugs which are like pc music doing like yeah meth and something or like on crack yeah that's a really bad description but like yeah. it basically takes like the trap sounds and makes it pc musicified which is yes. basically in my opinion what's going to be part of pop music in like a few mm-hmm. years maybe months but that's the next trend and charlie it's xcx harness is that yeah Definitely. I do agree it feels like watered-down PC music, but it's not a bad thing because the thing is, with PC music, it's actually a bit of a devi- uh, decisive uh, type of music, and I, which is why I feel like this is i feel like because it's watered down i think it's a good thing because it's a very niche type of music so and, mm-hmm. and number one angel i feel like it feels like a really like a good introduction for people who want to get into PC music yeah entry level yeah i feel like my fa- my favorite songs in there obviously it's the cupcake collaboration which is uh, uh gloss. Doc, please. but it's one of my favorites one of my top favorite is doc think about the people you're in this podcast with I, but wait 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 my top favorite is definitely uh i love you too it's definitely a same true mm, i think i have a bias though because um whoever because uh Dan- danny l R- R- i for i don't know how to pronounce his last name but um yeah dan i'll just say huge danny is the producer of this and he's definitely my favorite pc music producer because he knows how to make pc music accessible to everyone and um and yeah it's definitely my favorite song on the mixtape okay um so my personal okay i have a different like outlook on the albums of the year that you guys have mentioned so far um number one angel is definitely my favorite pop release because i don't know if i would consider it pop because it's this weird hybrid of a bunch of different genres and the hook power on that is crazy which is probably what makes it pop but um if i were to consider my like favorite pop album i would probably go the route of promoting my irrelevant not they're relevant, but like my flop faves, Jamiroquai. Who? Um, the hat guy. They, yeah, they released, um, you might know him from the hit single of the 90s, Virtual Insanity. And guess what? They're still making music, surprisingly. <laughs> um, so uh, Virtual Insanity is one of my favorite songs, like ever. And um, 
Jamiroquai kind of does this thing where they take funk sounds and jazz and they put them together and like neo influences come from every single facet of the music industry they just put it all together but this album is definitely their best I think because it harnesses the energy that they've taken from all their previous albums but adds a little bit of like futuristic tone which makes it like transcend that sort of dated neo-jazz vibe um I don't know if you guys have heard it probably not because they're sort of irrelevant but um Automaton their lead single and also the title track is my favorite song that's released this year it's like very um it's very forward and like in its pop influences and it's very hooky and there's so much to like dissect in that song listen to it please there's like 10 different hooks there's just constant electronic sounds coming at you from every single angle making it like sonically just definitely deep to listen to but the sad part is is that their lead keyboardist um toby smith that came up with a lot of their typical jamiroquai sound the neo jazz stuff he died like a week after um automaton was released oh no so it's kind of like a swan song for the band yeah yeah that really sucks yeah Probably because I've talked about it, but um, it's definitely like the band's swan song because the keyboardist came up with a lot of their sound and their energy. And he's the reason why songs like Virtual Insanity made such a cultural impact because it it sounds like futuristic while also being this funk disco sort of thing at the same time. And I think in hindsight, that makes me appreciate this album a lot more Mm. because it is the same... Like, it's the same sound, but better. And it makes me upset that this this will probably be their last album, considering that the main source of their sound is now gone. So, um, other releases I've enjoyed that aren't as good, but not aren't as good, but like aren't as poppy or like Joey Badass's album, All American Badass. I thought that was a great uh, pop rap album. Um, and also home shakes in the album. Fresh air is also very good and ambient stuff, but, um, I just wanted, Oh, how could I forgot about Sampa? Sorry. I forgot about about Sampa process. Yeah. Process is actually my album of the year. I don't know why I overlooked it, but aside from Jamiroquai and aside from number one angel, Sampa is probably better than all of those albums that I mentioned. Uh, it's definitely a great, great album. And probably one of the most rewarding listens I've listened to this year because every track just gives me like this great feeling and stuff like that. Um, Punk, were you the one that was going to yeah, talk about well, it? Yeah, I wasn't going to say much. I just wanted to say process is definitely like mm-hmm. that. Num- that top three with me is, is damn process mm-hmm. and more life. And also, I just want to bring up "I See You" by the XX because that's number four. Yes, great indie pop Good album. album. My top three is very similar. It's Damn, Process, and Hendrix by Future. Ooh, interesting. Um, yeah, personally, I think my top three, like, rated is um, Sampha, Jamiroquai, and then Charlie XCX with, um, uh, with All-American Badass coming in at fourth. But I feel like Automaton has separate artistic merit which is why i felt like i should talk about it because not everybody has listened to that album so what about you doc all right uh, my top three is of course 
top the top uh top one is definitely number one angel by XEX and number two is Kendrick Lamar's Damn mm-hmm. period and top three is oh <laughs> all right mm. let's move on <laughs> I think we all know Divide. what number three Ed is <laughs> yes Ed Sheeran's Divide okay it's not a bad album okay oh. I won't passionately defend it um but I do feel like this circle jerk that is going on with and. Ed Sheeran is a little bit too much because yeah, he did say some really stupid shit. I'll admit that. But um honestly, I just don't hate this album. I thought it's a solid album and um I really like a lot of songs here. Uh from wait, which songs did I like? Uh I definitely like Galway Girl. Mm. That's that's one of my favorite songs on the album. I like a lot of songs here. And um yeah, it's not a bad album. I definitely said something that is very controversial on terms of pop heads, but um it's, a, it's not a bad album as a lot of people in pop heads would like to think it is. So, yeah. So, um segueing really quick off of that into our worst albums of the year, uh my worst album of the year is The Vibe. <laughs> and um me too. I don't like it at all. I do not like it. It gave me headaches when I listened to it. I actually audibly groaned at like a lot of the tracks and was like, I can't do this. Gave it a five and then moved on. Um, <laughs> I feel like he's trying to do a lot of stuff. Yeah, go ahead. All yours. My worst album of the year is fucking Memories Do Not Open by the <laughs> goddamn Chainsmokers. Yes, I agree with you. I feel like talking even a little about Memories Do Not Open is putting in more effort than they actually did into making the album. It's such a lazy cash grab with generic, mm-hmm. uninteresting production and vocals. I am just like, like I was honestly not even like mad at the album when I was listening to it. I was just bored. Break Up Every Night is probably my least favorite song released this year. It's awful i hate it it's like the the and like even the singles that came out there was like maybe a song or two that was i'd give over like a six out of ten mm-hmm. but honestly it was just start to finish just like complete just bad i like i i've made no secret that i don't like the chain smokers mm-hmm. but this was not like this like took my low expectations and it was lower than my expectations <laughs> Um, I'm going to have to agree with fourth. My least favorite album this year has been Divide. Divide yes. is a bad album and not a good album. Mm-hmm. Um, I only liked Castle on the Hill out of the entire album. True. I hate, I hate Shape of You. Yes, Castle on the Hill is very, very good and in my top ten songs of the year so far. I wouldn't put it that high, but I like it. But that's the only redeeming quality to that dog shit pile of an album. I didn't even listen to Divide, honestly. Mm-hmm. I saw like 18 tracks and I was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even like Ed Sheeran. I'm not listening to that. <laughs> so uh, moving on, we've talked about our album of the year so far. But what are your guys' most anticipated releases? We have a lot of good albums coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, the ones that are legitimately slated for dates are um, the Harry Styles album, uh, Paramore, uh Lil Yachty's album going into June we have Halsey Bleachers uh, the new Sufjan project which I am excited for um oh is that how you pronounce it yeah Sufjan it's like Suf and then Yon no 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 <laughs> Sufjan Stevens it 
is a name to suit the sound Ooh. of his music. <laughs> Flop. Um, <laughs> personally, uh, my most exciting anticipated projects are mostly indie projects. Like, I'm very excited for the Mac the Margo album. Yeah, as well as Yeah, as well as the Sufjan album. And my irrelevant indie faves, Tiger Jaw, are releasing an album on um, May 19th. So peep that. But um, on the pop spectrum of things, my most anticipated album that's actually confirmed and slated to release is probably the Harry Styles album. Um, Who? I really liked... I really liked um, Sign of the Times, and I know Punk has words about that song, so I'll keep it to a minimum. But uh, that's definitely one of my favorite songs this year. And I think I love the aesthetic he's going for with this. Um, Mm -hmm. Sign of the Times is this very older music-influenced song that takes influence from, like, I hear a lot of Oasis in it and that sort of sound. And I could also get hints of, like, early glam rock. Like, when I was listening to it, it reminded me of Life on Mars-esque David Bowie. Like, oh, sort of I sounds taken from that and put in to, like, the chorus and stuff. It just seemed really grand and different to what's on radio now. Like, I would hear this, like, 30, 20 years ago. And I really like that. And I think that's what he's going for with this whole aesthetic. Like, his album cover and everything, it just gives off throwback vibes. Mm-hmm. and i'm just really excited for the direction he's going for i feel like harry styles is trying to do something different and he might actually succeed because it's actually good music um anybody else for harry comments oh yeah i do i really like this direction that harry's going for mm-hmm. yeah um i like i like this trend of like of um, newer artists doing throwback music uh i would never thought columbia records would would make him would let him do the music he actually wants to do mm-hmm. because for, because I honestly think he, they would force him to do pop music mm-hmm. but no it gave him a lot of creative control with this and this this new album of his will only have uh, ten songs yeah I think that is definitely a plus because a lot of albums are oversaturated with the amount of tracks so I think this has potential to be a really mm-hmm. good album because everything's condensed yeah. Definitely. So I'm really excited for what Harry Styles will do from here. Punk, what do you think is coming up recently that you'll be excited for? Okay. So as far as stuff that has a date, Mm -hmm. I honestly, and this is going to kind of date the podcast a lot (laughs) because more than everything has already, (laughs) because this album's literally coming out in like 24 hours. But Humans by Gorillaz is definitely like... Stuff that has a date. Wait, that comes out tomorrow? 28th. Yo. (laughs) Oh my god. I can't wait. I love the Andromeda. I didn't know that. I really like the rest of the singles. I feel like they've done like a great job like coming back and like showing that they haven't missed a step at all. Mm -hmm. As far as stuff that's more of like a pipe dream, um, I kind of have to go with TurboGrafx-16 by Kanye West. Which <laughs> oh, man, give it up. That's not coming be... out anytime soon. And as far and while I'm on stuff that will probably never come out, Masochism by Sky Ferreira, probably never going to happen. Mm. <laughs> and of course, I can't forget the upcoming That Poppy album, which is going to be amazing. Oh, yes. oh true. I, I forgot about I'm that. Pop- There's a lot of albums that like 
are supposed to come out that don't have dates. I'm poppy really Like the LCD me. sound system album I'm really hyped for, but that doesn't have a date. Oh, same. Oh my god. Yeah. My list is just full of stuff that doesn't have yeah. a real date. Like, I just made a list just now. It's like Kanye, Gorillaz, which actually has a date, ironically. Designer, <laughs> Arcade Fire, Casey Hill, Who? Tyler, the Creator. Oh. Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's a lot of um, unconfirmed dates like Haim, Schoolboy Q. All of these high-profile artists are, like, have albums confirmed for this year virtually, but they're not, like... SZA. Yeah, like SZA, but... They don't have a date yet, which is kind of inconvenient. Um, what about you, commas? What about you, commas? Um, I'm looking forward to on the pop side of things. KP4, obviously, it's looking <laughs> like it could come out in May because she was just announced to be on the season finale of SNL. If that ends up coming out, you know, because of the writer strike. Yeah, but it means that music is ready, and I think it's coming soon. Bon appetit. Um, also, uh, Dua Lipa's self-titled Who? album. Really excited for that. Yeah, I know. And um, on like the hip-hop side of things, I'm looking forward to ASAP Rocky, mm-hmm. Designer, True, and um, Jazz Cartier. Forgot him too. So, um, also an album that oh. I didn't mention that I'm really excited for uh halsey's album <laughs> actually oh. i'm excited yes, to I see too, no i'm serious i'm excited to see the direction she takes after coming off of something like badlands i think a lot of more people in the general population know who she is now because of the massive mega hit that was closer so i am excited to see where she takes these pop sounds in her new album is it too bold of a prediction to say that Halsey will do like say Selena numbers with this new album because Closer was so popular. I think that's too mm. bold. I think she mm. might push yeah. about a hundred thousand first week, but I don't think she's gonna get more than like a hundred fifty. Yeah. I don't think. I think Closer was a huge hit, but I don't think it made Halsey a household name. Oh, At least no. not to the levels that it made the Chainsmokers. Oh damn! But at the same time, Now or Never didn't do big numbers, so. Yeah, I can't get over the name, honestly. That's such a terrible album name. Oh, Hopeless Fountain Kingdom, right? Yeah, it just sounds like she put words in a generator. (laughs) Tumblr, the album. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, is that it, guys? Anything else you want to cover before we go? I haven't... I haven't said anything. Oh, shit. Yeah, Doc, I'm sorry. I'll edit this We're so used to Doc talking that we're forgetting when he's not talking. (laughs) I talk too much, so I kind of understand why I'm... But um, okay. Um, my anticipated releases that um I feel like we're getting closer into is definitely um Katy Perry's new album. Definitely, I feel like Comas summed up how I feel, so I'll skip. Yeah, Bon Appetit mm-hmm. coming out tomorrow. When bon Appetit tomorrow. Well, when this is recorded, and um, but um, one thing's for uh, I'm definitely excited for Lana Del Rey. Uh, Lana Del Rey's new album, uh, Lust for Life. Uh, she's definitely getting into this new era of hers. And I really, I'm really enjoying this as a fan of hers. I'm definitely interested in what her new album sounds like. I feel like I might have given myself very high expectations with this record. But um, yeah, I feel like this could be my favorite Lana Del Rey album for sure. And Big words. Wow. maybe, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, I hope I don't. I don't overhype myself with this. So please, Lana, make this album really good. Like to the point, it's better than Born to Die. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and as for an album that doesn't have a 
release date. I feel like this would be a controversial opinion. Don't say um, it. T- Don't. TS6. Oh my god. Oh. TS6. All right. Yeah. Doc is canceled. Oh. I'll give my quick thoughts on this. Demodded. Oh my, quick- my god. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. Uh, thing with TS6. You're in the minority here, Doc, so. Okay, here's the thing. I do hope it's not actually releasing this year. I feel like we need a bit more of a break from Taylor. Hopefully. But if she does end up. um... We need a 12 year break from Taylor. Anyway. Until she dies, honestly. <laughs> if she. she if she. <laughs> If she does release a new album this year, um, I would. I'm very curious how her music would sound because I feel like her America's Sweetheart image is definitely broken. Mm-hmm. I the GP doesn't care. Okay, whatever. But what about the pop fans like us? It's do. It's definitely going to be interesting how her music would sound. So um, I hope she does not try to be like, oh, I'm still an America's Sweetheart. <laughs> No, definitely Urban not. Urban Dark Taylor. <laughs> oh, no. Urban? No. No. But definitely Dark Taylor. I I hope that this is the case. She should not do Urban urban Sound. That's definitely not her music. Taylor featuring but- Migos. Bon Appetit. <laughs> From a Taylor stand, do you think that she's going to have sounds like I Don't Want to Live Forever? Like, do you think that's what her next album will sound like? Because it's dark. It's from a Fifty Shades of Grey soundtrack. Like... Do you think that's what she's going for? I hope not. To like segue? I hope not. Um, I hope not. Maybe, maybe, maybe uh, I don't want to live forever. Uh, it's probably a, um, an experiment, more like a testing mm. ground, whether her fans would like her new dark um, look on right. her. But um, I can, from basing on the music video, which is kind of awkward, I would admit. But if I do feel like she, she can get there. But um, but the song itself, oh my god! I hope it's better than whatever the fuck she mm-hmm. did with that song. But um, I hope maybe yeah. who knows? We'll have to find out on the fall because that's apparently when Taylor likes to release her music. So, so yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay, so I feel like we're forgetting something. Oh what? Oh what? Do not forget that the queen of pop heads is currently recording her next album so oh, it could come out this true, year true. forgetting about carly oh, rae jepsen oh my god how did oh i forget gosh. about that oh my god uh, uh 99 cent dreams question mark disco. Come out? I, I don't think that's the name i think that was just like a pretty light she took a picture with oh no i think yeah. so too but apparently that's the that's the thing going around right now so that's like when everybody thought Katie's album name. Well, it still could be that, but the one that's like um, unplugged to, what is it? Unplugged to connect. Oh my god! That's such a stupid name. I hope that, that's that'd not be it. Tragic. I don't think that's real. I think it's going to be called Witness, actually. <gasps> oh, oh shit. I'd love that. I would actually. love that too. It's going to be called <laughs> Last Week Tonight with Katy Perry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, that was it. Yeah. Um. Okay, so. That's our podcast, correct? Yep. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. What, what, so yeah. we covered um, basically everything that's happened in the new year since our last podcast came out. I don't even remember where that was. <laughs> so um, hopefully this isn't too dated by the time this gets out to you guys. But yeah, um, signing off. I don't know how to end this. Somebody help me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
Uh, um, stream Dam on Spotify. Watch Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Stream Dam on Spotify. Buy Bon Appetit on iTunes if it's out, or that's the name of the single, or whatever. Buy um, buy Greenlight on iTunes, even though Punk hates it. No, don't watch Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> don't encourage her to make more sellout <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> watch Guardians of the um, Galaxy Volume Two on May Five in theaters. Yeah. Who? Listen to Humans when it comes out on Doc's weird, like, Dubai service streaming thing. I use Tidal now, okay? Okay, it seems like we are done. All right. Um, On that note, thanks for listening. Uh, I'm 4th of July. Um, I'm Commas. Are are you guys going to do this, or (laughs) I'm Punk since Doc isn't going to say anything? I'm Punk. And I'm Doc. All right, see you guys next podcast. See you in 2018. Bye. Next year. Yeah. Next year, yeah. (laughs) At this rate. We're doing one a year. (laughs) Okay, cool. All right. Bye. You're still fired, Doc, by the way.